Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glory Room. I'm Prophetess Lou. I hope you all are having a blessed day. Before we get started, we're going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for loving us and taking care of us. Most of all, Father God, we ask you to save our soul. We ask you to help us to, to continue to fight a good fight. We ask you to help us apply your word daily, Father God. We ask you to help us to give our emotions to you. Father God, we ask you to bless us uh, right now. We ask you to allow the Holy Spirit to come in. We ask you to bless the hearers of the word. We ask you to also bless the doers. Bless the people that are hearing it and bless the people that are reading it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So today's verse is 1 John five fourteen. Says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Subject untying what the enemy tied. Christian truths, I'm going to say it and pause on each one to give you opportunity to say it. I am breaking free. I am untying what Satan did. I'm stronger walking in God. I'm not broken. I am whole. Have you ever tried or felt that you were alone and that your feelings weren't being heard? The more and more you try to make it known that you feel a certain way, the more silent your voice seems to feel. And that the louder you scream, the quieter it sounds. But what we must understand is that God sees us and that he knows what we need and that whatever we feel, he can carry it. The hardest part is not being heard by your family and friends, but God is saying he do hear you. And it's that hard, is it that hard to know that someone do hear you? Because after being heard, not being heard for so long, we think even God doesn't care. And that's not true. The thing is that God hears when, when the world silences. The world is quick to say that what you feel and how you feel is invalid. But God is saying is that your feelings are valid. And if you give it to him, he can change how you view everything. First John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. The Bible tells us that we must have confidence that when we come to God, he will hear us and that what we ask for, he will give us what we need so deeply. He will hear us. And I think the hardest thing is we feel that we won't be heard and that how we feel isn't enough. And God wants us to know we are enough. Don't allow what the enemy gives us to build up. We must deny his seeds and say, no, I am important. And what I feel God hears and that he doesn't deny me, he accepts me. He doesn't ignore me but he hears me. He doesn't hate me, but he loves me. When we proclaim those things, we believe it, believe it. We can destroy what the enemy thinks he has done. Psalms 18 and 6, in my distress, I call upon the Lord. I cried for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. In my cry to him, reached his ears. The author said, in my distress, so, so what is distress? It's pain, it's anxiety, it's sorrow. He said in those moments, he cried to God for help and he helped him. And from the temple, God heard him. He said, my cry reached his ears, his cry. Sometimes when we cry to people, they rather for us not to. Or they rather for us to stay silent. And it's hard to control such a heavy feeling. Still, I must tell you this, even if the world says no, hold on to God and don't let go. I know right now it doesn't feel like it, but God cares for you and he cares for every moment, every part of you. Isaiah 59 2, but your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you that he does not hear. This is the only time he doesn't hear us is when we have sinned. This is when he sometimes hides his face from us, but we have to make sure every day we are communicating with him and telling him how we feel about the moments we have had or how we are feeling at the moment. Everything gets piled on us, and when we don't 
let go because we have to have a healthy release. And that's with Jesus and not our family, not our friends, but with him. And he will give us that if we rely on him, if we release what we are carrying with him today. Don't allow what others say or do to you to hurt you. Don't let what they try to do hurt you. Have God to protect you and to renew your mind from everything and most certainly from things people try to hurt you with. Allow God to untie what the enemy thinks he tied. The enemy thinks he tied depression to you. The enemy thinks he tied anxiety to you. The enemy thinks he has tried tied your past to you. But God is saying, no, I'm untying everything he tried to tie to you through your family, through your friends. But we must know he will untie it all. God knows exactly what you're feeling. Express it to him. Not with casual conversation, but with deep conversation. And he will show you how to deal with your feelings of loneliness and hurt prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for always being there. We thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. Lord, we give you everything, ups and downs, even our joy. Father, we are caring so much right now. We need you to take it away. Show us how to process it in this season. Show us how not to be so focused on what was said, but what you can do. Father, help us to be filled with you and your peace. Lord, we rebuke with the enemy in what he's trying to do. We rebuke the ties he have tried to tie to our mind. We declare we are free in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So, the subject today is untying with the enemy tied. I'll give everyone a few minutes to get a drink of water or um, their Bible. I'm going to get a sip of water. Okay, so today's lesson is untying with the enemy tied. The enemy will tie a lot to us. He will burden us down with so much that he know after a while some of us will crack. Some of us won't go back to God. Some of us will just be like, you know what? I just go back to what I'm doing. So he had tied depression to us, anxiety to us, and whatever the doctor says that we have mentally, he had tied that to us. And because some of us aren't spiritually strong. We're not praying. We're not reading our words. So we become weak and we become more or less weak in the spirit. See, when we pray and we read our word, we become more bold. We become more stronger in God because we're putting on the full armor of God. We're not doing it by ourselves. We're doing it with God. But sometimes we have these moments where Life throws us a bunch of punches and we can't block them. And yeah, some of it might come because we don't, like I said, read our Bible or pray. And then sometimes it comes because that's just how it is. But we have to find God in everything. We can't allow every punch, every every hit that the, the enemy tried to give to us. We can't sit there and just take it, just keep taking, keep taking, keep taking. We have to stand in the boxing ring and put our gloves on it and be ready to go. Not sit there and ready for every punch like, okay, hit me because I'm done. Because when we have that kind of mindset, we will be done. Mentally, you will be done. I remember um, one time I was in this season of my life and I, I told my mom, I said, mom, I feel like I'm boxing. I can't block him. And he said, Lou, you can. And I said, I feel like I am losing. And I said, I just feel like I am alone. And she just looked at me and she started crying. And she said, Lou, you need to pray. 
And I was reading my word. I was praying. I was doing everything. I, I'd cross out all of those boxes. You know, you, you, you know, they say, oh, make sure you read your Bible. You do it. Make sure you pray. You do it. Make sure you meditate. You do it. Make sure you fast. You do it. But sometime we have had those days where it just seemed like I'd done the checklist. Why is this happening? So I went into my room and I laid out and I cried for minutes. And I said, God, I need you to help me block, help me counter. Because right now I am losing. He said, you're right. You're losing. He said, start going with me. He said, when a problem comes up, don't just face it. Say, say, ask me to help you. So now when problems occur, I'm not saying I haven't got to those moments. I haven't had a moment like this, but I haven't had it in a while. But when something comes my way, I immediately say, God, please help me. Because I'm feeling a certain way. God, please help me. Because right now I'm, I'm, I'm taking a lot. And the thing is, the world don't stop turning. Time doesn't stop moving. People don't stop being people. People actually bully you more or bother you more because they see that you're in distress. And what you got to understand, that is the enemy placing a spirit on this person to bother you. When people bother you, when things bother you, you have to immediately say, Holy Spirit, please help me. Help me to, to block and rebuke the spirit that's coming after me. Because the thing is about family, friends, and honestly, they're the worst. Some people might not want to say that, but they're the worst. They're your worst critics. They will beat you badly before anyone else will. Because that's your family and friends. And that's how the enemy, that's what the enemy uses our closest ones to, to hurt us. And what we got to understand, we can't be mad at them. We have to be mad at the spirit that they're carrying. We have to rebuke it. We have to put them before God and say, God, help them not to say a word to me. Help them not to bother me. Help them not to, to break me down. Because right now, Father God, they're breaking me down with their words. And they will say all kinds of things to you because they know it will affect you. And the enemy knows if this one person says this to you, I can undo everything in her head. I can undo everything in his head if I can get this one person to say this one thing. And we all have that one thing we know that would just make us crumble, make us snap, depress us, build us with anxiety, just like that. So when you feel those moments coming, you ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I feel something is about to happen. Please protect my mind, protect me. Please let me ignore what they have to say and let it roll off. God wants to untie everything that the enemy has tied to us. But we have to be individuals. We have to be people that go to him and say, God, I know depression is tied to me. I know anxiety is tied to me. And we have to be honest in our prayer clause. We can't sit there and lie. Because lying and, and doing prayer sessions doesn't help anyway. It doesn't because God already knows the truth. So to be honest, God, I, I'm filled with depression. I'm filled with anxiety. It doesn't make you less of a Christian to be depressed. It doesn't make you less of a Christian to be filled with anxiety. It doesn't make you less of a Christian if you have uh, mental issues. It's just a Christian that needs help. And the problem is, is that the Christian community shames people that has mental illnesses. They shame people that have anxiety. They shame people that have depression. But let me tell you something. Ezekiel was depressed and he was filled with anxiety. 
David was filled with anxiety and depression. I even think David was maybe a little bipolar, how he switched between different things, but that's a different subject, different time. But what I'm saying is that God still used them and God still tied the things that people tried to tie them. Look at, uh, look at Ezekiel. At his greatest moment, he had the queen, Jezebel, to come to him and say something to him. And it broke him. Just like that scared him. He got depressed. He got so depressed the angels had to come feed him because he wouldn't eat. And Jesus knew, I mean, God knew what he needed. See, don't let people play this, this, this game with you of saying that you're less because you're dealing with something or you're having a moment. It's not true. The only person we must listen to is God. I mean, if you're a child, you need to listen to your parents. But and if you're someone that has someone over you, you need to listen to them. If you're at work, you need to listen to your boss. I should have to say this, but I'm just saying this just to cover all bases. But my point is the only person that you need to listen to is God. The only thing you have to listen to is his word. And God is speaking to us today. Don't let the enemy tie things to your mind. Because you will never find freedom if you continue to allow him to tie it. We must look for God to untie it. We must look for God to unroot it. Because we can't unroot it, we can't destroy it, but God's word and God's plan for your life and constant communication with God will always destroy anything. It will destroy any yoke. The word of God, when we open it, destroys yokes. It breaks, it breaks bondages. But how can he break anything if you're not giving him a fair chance to do it? We must give him a fair chance to do it. When you feel these moments come on, don't just drown in it. Don't allow these moments to become your moment. Don't allow depression and suicidal thoughts and moments of uh, anger to consume you. Take in that deep breath and say, I'm not allowing these thoughts to do it. I'm not allowing these, these moments of, of how I'm feeling to do it. I'm going to walk and I'm going to talk to God. Sometimes I'll, I pace my room. I pace outside and I just talk to God. Because if I sit still and I allow the enemy to come in and attack my mind, it's no telling where he will take me. It's no telling what how what he would do. And that's what's happening with a lot of the world today is that we allow what the enemy do be okay. Well, he's here. I'm depressed. Let me just, just mellow in it. Oh, I'm full of anxiety. Let me just stay in it. No. Today. Today. Say, no, I'm not going to wallow in depression. I'm not going to wallow in anxiety. I'm not going to wallow in my mental issue. I'm not going to wallow in this situation. I'm not going to wallow in what happened. I'm going to let go of it all. And I'm going to depend on God to help me get back to where he wanted me to be. And when we have this mindset, God will give us strength. But we must have confidence that he will do it. That's the problem. We don't have the confidence. We don't have the 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 we don't have the mindset to say no anymore because some of us have allowed the enemy to beat us down so much we don't have the will anymore to say no it's okay i'm all right and because some of us keep saying i'm all right i'm all right i'm all right and you're not all right you're not all right and it's okay not to be all right but when you're not all right 
ask God to help you be all right. Because that's what God wants to do. He wants us all to be all right. And the battle with Satan starts in the mind. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, I read this book by Joyce Myers called The Battlefield of the Mind. Very great book. I'm not here to promote it, so I'm not going to go on about it. But it helped me to understand how, I mean, the Bible do too, but this book helped me understand what the enemy do when he's attacking someone's mind. And if you don't understand your, your opponent, you won't understand how to defeat it. I used to play chess um, a lot, and I was pretty good. I, I was I was a little young, but I, I knew how to play chess. I was pretty good with it. And each person I I battled against or I went against, I learned their steps. I learned what they do and how they do. So I will play them at least three times. They probably beat me twice. So let's just say we play five rounds. They will beat me two times. I will beat them the rest of the three. And the only reason I was able to do that because I studied my opponent. I studied the moves. I studied if they if they was aggressive, aggressor, or if they was more laid back, or if they was more of aggression, and, and it was a combination of both. And, I, and my point of saying this is that the only way we'll be able to know what Satan do is to study our word. The only way to defeat our, our opponent, which is Satan, is to study our word and watch him. Yeah, you, you're going to get knocked down the first couple of times because maybe you're not prepared. You might get knocked down maybe five times, maybe because you're not prepared. But you want to be the person that watches when he comes. And you want to be strategic because Satan is strategic. The enemy is strategic. He's not going to keep coming at you with the same thing. He's going to wait. Everything's going good. You're passing every test that comes your way. Life is great. And all of a sudden, here he comes. Boom. And because life is so great, you kind of relax on praying. You kind of relax on reading your word. You kind of relax on, on meditating and fasting. So when he hits you again, you're knocked off balance. But if you prepare each day like you're going into battle, if you prepare each day and learn your opponent, so when he do come, you sit there and go, ah, I see you. <laughs> I see you. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. And then sometimes you can see him coming and you still completely can fail. I've had those moments too. But whatever you do, which I'm hoping is being ready, go with God. Don't stay focused on what's happening. Stay focused on God. Let's look at some reference verses. Go to um, Hebrews 12 and 15. If you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews 12 and 15. Okay, in the NLT, it says, look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Hebrews 12, 15, the NIV says, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it may become defiled. The Holy Spirit wants to look up, springs up, causes a trouble, 
no, sorry, that no root of bitterness springs up that causes trouble and by it many defile. He wants us to look at in NLV, in NLT is watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. No root of bitterness grow up. Because see what happens is when we're feeling this way, sometimes we get so bitter. We get so angry with family and friends and we're like, why wasn't they there for me? Well, why didn't they help me? Why did they have to put me down? Why did they have to keep bothering me? And we get so bitter and we let that build up. And he's saying his word, don't let that spring up in you. No, he said, don't, don't let that come up. He said, don't let that grow in you. Don't let that corrupt you. We, we have to let that go because we have to look at it as the spirit that's in them, not your family. Your family don't even know what they're doing. And they, they're allowing the enemy to use them. They're allowing the devil to use them. And they don't even see that they, they're, they're, they're allowing the enemy to use them to bother you, to break you down. But you cannot get mad because that's what's happening. You can get mad at Satan. You can get mad at what's, what either maybe the situation, but you can't get mad at them. Don't allow bitterness to corrupt you. Because when we allow bitterness to corrupt, we have talked about this. It opens the door to jealousy. It opens the door to aggression. It opens bitterness is a heavy spirit to get over. Do not allow bitterness to overtake you. Go to Galatians 6 and 4. Galatians 6 and 4. Sorry, I'm having a hard time finding that chapter. There we go. Okay, Galatians 6 and 4 says this. Pay close attention to your own work, for then you will be satisfied of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. NIV says, but let each one test his own work, and then the re his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Those who are, sorry. Verse four says, pay close attention to your own work for then you will get satisfied your own well job done. The pro another problem that happens is that we look at others. Well, she's not dealing with depression. She's not dealing with anxiety. She's not dealing with this. She's not dealing with that. But it says, pay close attention to your own work. Pay close, close attention to your own life and then you will be satisfied with the job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. You won't have to compare yourself to Bob in accounting. You won't have to compare yourself to Susan. You'll be focused on what I need to work on. Well, Susan doesn't deal with this. Me and Susan are the same age. People love to do that. Oh, we're the same age. Why are you not dealing with this? Or why are you dealing with this? We're the same age. We are mate, we all are on different journeys. It doesn't matter if you're the same age. It doesn't matter if you're the same race. It doesn't matter if you're the same gender. We all are on a different level, different journey. All, all our journeys and, and walks are gonna look different. And if you sit there and you continue to to as uh, they used to have this thing where you price compare, like if Walmart had a sale on Cokes and you go to Publix and Publix didn't have this this particular item on sale, they had to give you that because they call it price compare. Your life is not price price compare. Stop price comparing. Stop looking at someone else and mocking it. Stop. Because your life is going to look different because you're on a different journey. Maybe you started your journey late. Maybe this is not what God wanted for you. Maybe God wanted something else. Wherever it is, if you sit there and do that, you're going to build up bitterness. You're going to build up jealousy. You're going to build up aggression. Look at your own life. 
Figure out why is this happening to me? What am I doing wrong? What could I do better at? God, help me. That's why you got to wake up in the morning. You got to communicate with him. You got to go up to the mountaintop and get your fresh anointing and say, God, show me what I'm doing today that's wrong. Show me what is in my heart that could be could that could be causing me where I am not connecting with you right. And you can even tell him, God, I'm looking at everybody else's life and that's not how they're going. You can do that. But he's going to probably say the same thing or something similar to it. Well, don't compare yourself to others. Because if everyone compared themselves, Ezekiel compared himself to, to another prophet and, and King David compared himself to another king and, and Peter to John and John to, and to this person, do you think they would get anywhere? No. These people knew that the path that they were on was hard for them. And whatever troubles that they were on, they was worried about untying what the devil had tied not worrying about what someone else is doing. I hope you all have a blessed day. Remember, Jesus loved you. I love you too. Be blessed. Thank you for listening.